Alright, what's up everybody? You're listening to a D49er update. I'm your host, Chris Rivera. It's the last week of school. Um, we got finals coming up. Everybody's stressed out. But we're here today, bringing you this week's podcast. Today I got with me Zach Handy and the men's volleyball. They are national champions. Oh man, it! Uh, what a crazy season. What a crazy weekend down at Palo Pavilion. Uh, I was there for both games. The Ohio State game even gave us a little bit of a heartache. But the national championship game, man, Saturday uh, against UCLA, 7,200 in attendance. Um, it was a thriller. It was everything you'd want in a in a national championship type game. Five sets, uh, the beach down, on the road, in the fourth set, down two sets to one. It was 18-16. Student section was quiet. And then this team just put it together. They went on a run. Uh, UCLA helped us out with four service errors to end the set, capped off by a Josh Tuniga typical vintage, his go-to dump kill right at the net, catching him off guard, and then he follows it up with an ace to bring everyone to their feet. It was absolutely insane, uh, but it was crazy. Kyle Ensing was huge at the beginning. They ran the ball through him a lot at the beginning of the game. He ended up with team high in kills, 20 kills, uh, five digs, four blocks, four aces. He was huge. TJ DeFalco, uh, a lot of people afterwards were calling him the LeBron James of our team because he kind of just plays at one extremely high level the whole game, and he does everything. I believe his final stat line was something like 18 kills, 12 digs. He had the only double-double of the night uh, for both teams, I believe. And then uh, something like three blocks, two aces. You know, he he just did it all. Um, but it was it was unreal, you know, not just for them, but for the school. You know, afterwards, you start to realize everything. First championship for the school since 98. Uh, first championship for men's volleyball since 91. Uh, just unreal, man. It was a great environment. Long Beach Faithful, the mayor was there. All the members of the 91 team were there. Members of like the 2003 team were there. Just Members of nearly every team in the past 20 years were in attendance, and uh, it, it was awesome, and it was great to cover. And it seems like it was almost like fate. Like, this was their year. They 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 only had a, a single loss to Hawaii in the regular season, right? Yeah. And they completely dominated them in three sets in the Big West tournament, and then they came out here. UCLA put, a, put up a fight, though. What was that match like? Um, yeah, it was—it did, it did seem like destiny, especially, like I mentioned, uh, coming back in that fourth set. They were down two sets to one. Uh, this team had lost in the Final Four the last two years, and they were young, and they— Maybe they weren't ready for the moment or whatever it was, but this year it just seemed like all season that this team knew that this was, it was championship or bust for them. Like they knew that they were the most talented team in the country and talking to them all year and going to practice all year and being with this team for, for all year, you, you just got that sense. Like they knew that no one else was better than them and they just had to prove it. And, uh, it was, it was an insane environment. I'll tell you that for volleyball, I never thought in a million years at the beginning of the year, I would see an environment of nearly 10,000 people for a volleyball match. And it was absolutely surreal to be there and witness it. And they end up getting like a police escort after the game to EJ Malloy's. Like it was so, it was so much crazier than I thought it could be. And uh, it was, it was great. The match was just full of swings. Talk about a game of runs. We came out in the first set and quieted the crowd and came out strong. UCLA comes out and takes the next two sets and, all of a sudden, the Long Beach faithful are kind of like, oh my, oh wow, like we, we could choke this thing. Like what's going to happen? And then UCLA in the fourth set starts putting it on us and we're down four points about midway through. I want to say it was 15, 11, 15, 10, something like that. And Long Beach faithful were quiet and they were worried. You could get the sense in the arena that they were worried. 
and then just constant pressure, chip away, chip away, 18-16, 21-20, and all of a sudden, boom, Long Beach makes their run, and it was electric going into the fifth set, and you got the feeling once they overcame that deficit in the fourth set that this was a machine that couldn't be stopped. And I think probably the most impressive thing is they did this in hostile territory against UCLA at Poly Pavilion. Did Long Beach State, did they travel, did they show up? What was it sort of like, was it split 50-50? Uh, it... You, it felt 50-50, but it definitely wasn't. It was probably more 60-40 UCLA, but of the 7,200, I, I couldn't tell you what 40% is, but I would assume there was about 3,000 Long Beach fans there, for, close to it. I mean, they packed it. The student section was huge. There was a ton of students there. It was really good for that. Tons of just people from the community. As I mentioned, the mayor was there. Uh, there was all sorts of people. For UCLA, they had celebrities in the house. Uh, Josh Rosen, quarterback uh, that just got drafted first round, he was in attendance. It was just insane. But for the Long Beach side, 3,000 people easily, uh, Long Beach natives, in, in the attendance in black and gold. And it was loud, man. It was, I believe they said the decibel level got up to like over 108 or something like that. They had it on the on the big screen. And it was, it was a chilling environment and it was everything you would want for college sports, everything you would want in a national championship of any sport. It was absolutely unreal to see that. And to see these guys battle back like that, like you said, it was... Hostile territory. They were the best team. They had the best record. They were the favorite. But when you're, you got 4,000 people that aren't on your side, it, it's hard to be the favorite in a, in a situation like that. And they truly had to show some grit to pull it out. And that's what they did. A quick fact for all those people listening. I actually went to high school with Josh Rosen. Uh, so we're like best friends. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <not best> friends. <laughs> but I uh, definitely saw him play uh, back in high school years. And it's crazy to see him. Now he's drafted to Arizona, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Cardinals, 10th uh, overall. Now, going back to LBSU uh, men's basketball, Josh named the MOP uh, most outstanding player. And when you look at the roster, there's, I believe there's five seniors. So you have a lot of people moving on. W- what's sort of your your general outlook on the future of this team? Uh, there are some seniors that are leaving, but uh, as far as the core, the whole core is, is coming back. As you mentioned, Josh Tuniga won most outstanding player of the tournament. He was also named AVCA player of the year this year. He's starting to get some really well-deserved recognition. Uh, TJ DeFalco, who had won AVC Player of the Year the last two years, he's returning. The third piece that we've been calling the core three all year, Kyle Ensing, he's returning. Uh, Nick Amato was going to leave, but I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they used his uh, junior injury as a red shirt, so he will be returning. He's one of the starting middle blockers. The other starting middle blocker, Simone Anderson, uh, will be returning. He was only a freshman this year. Uh, the only real uh, person who was a consistent starter that's leaving is Bjorn Hoos, which it was awesome to see him uh finally get to to raise that trophy after some heartbreak and extreme dedication to this program over the last uh, four years. But uh, there's some seniors on the bench that are leaving that we'll obviously miss. But as far as the core players that really had the biggest part in this happening, they're all returning. So this team will come into next offseason and probably the most anticipated volleyball season uh, in recent memory. They're powerhouses. It's like it's like Alabama football is what it's going to be like. We're going to be expected to win every game. And if we don't win every game in three sets, it's going to be headline news. Well, there you go. That about wraps it up over here. Uh, Long Beach State uh, volleyball team has a lot to look forward to. They're getting a lot of their main pieces back. Again, thank you again to Zach Handy. And you can check out his story online at Daily49er on our website. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Zach, do you want to shout out your Twitter Twitter handle? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, Zachary Handy, Z-A-C-K-A-R-I-A-H-H-A-N-D-Y. It's a mouthful, but it's not that hard. Uh, follow me there. There you go, guys. Give him a quick follow. This is going to be the last podcast of the semester. So uh, good luck with finals. Good luck with graduation. Good luck with life. Peace out.